Hey sisters, Christy here from Book Club Sisterhood. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. This is where we share our weekly book discussions with you so you can listen while multitasking or enjoying your favorite drink and reading along with us. I hope you enjoy this discussion. Let's grow. Hey sisters, I'm Christy, co-founding sister of Book Club Sisterhood. Welcome to our second night of talking about She Works His Way by Michelle Myers and Summer Phoebus. I absolutely love these ladies. I love this book so far. We're halfway done. Um, I guess after our discussion tonight, we'll all be halfway done. But um, yeah, so just it, it's the book's kind of, you know, culture says this, God says this, and just kind of trying to follow what God says instead of what culture says, which is usually opposite of each other, right? Uh, we did talk about that last week. You know, we can't follow culture and follow God because they're moving in opposite directions. So um, it's good to remember. So we're talking about chapters four through six tonight. And chapter four is called No God Over Being Known. Um, the first thing that caught my eye was she quotes Isaiah 43, 21, which side note, 4321, that was easy to remember. Anyway, <clears throat> the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. So she starts out with quoting this. And I love this because we were made to worship him, not anything or anyone else, but he literally formed for himself the people that he wanted to proclaim his praise. So it's really awesome. And it's just easy to get distracted by things in life and that feel worthy of worship. But she talks about that in here. God is the only one who can withstand being worshiped because everything else will fail. Only God's going to stay consistent. Everything else fails, but God will never fail you. On page 72, she says, we make bigger what we worship. When we worship something, it becomes front and center in our lives and it becomes the most important thing and what we focus on. So you know, we want to talk about that with our friends and family all the time, right? Like think back to when you first started a new relationship. That's the only thing you talked about. I know when I got together with my husband, like I drove the girls around me crazy talking about him all the time, apparently. And my mom too. Um, she's over here nodding her head. So, um, you know, I was just so excited. I couldn't talk about anything else except this new guy. Cause it was just so fun and everything. And you know, we need to be excited like that about God because we're building a new relationship with him when we first are introduced to him, getting to know him, and we continue to build that relationship. And that's what, you know, having a heart on fire is about. We have to constantly be pursuing him and growing that relationship. And that's, it's the same as being with a new person in a relationship. Um, just being excited about being around them. Um, you know, when that happens, you want to talk about them all the time. And a lot of times your people around you are kind of, oh my gosh, she's talking about God again. Here we go. Cause you know, re religion is a hot, a hot topic, you know, a, a button people don't like to be pushed around them. And it's like, oh my gosh, stop talking about him. All you talk about is God. It's like, yeah, because he changed my life and made me a whole new person. Like, why would I not want to talk about him? You know, they, they just, the world kind of wants to come in and beat you down and 
and throw distractions at you. That's what the, the enemy wants. Um, on the next few pages, she talks about pride. And on page 74 at the bottom, she says, in kingdom work, the world coming to know God is the goal, not you or me being made known to the world. So when I was in direct sales, I wanted to be the name everybody sought out to get their bags. Um, we sold bags and I just, you know, I worked so hard to make my name the one people looked for, you know, very much putting myself before God, like God was kind of a side thought, like I throw out a scripture post every now and then, but I look back now and I know that if I hadn't made it about him and how I could share these bags with people that needed him and not all about me and making money in the bags, then I, I know I could have gone a lot farther than I did, but that's where that distraction comes in. And I made it about me and not about him. I like that she uses John the Baptist as a really, really good example for us to look at <clears throat> on page 75 to 77. He not only gave God the glory for all he had and who he was, he literally pointed people to Jesus. Like he was like, oh no, that guy over there is the one you need to follow. Not me. I mean, a couple of his disciples left following him and went to follow Jesus. And he was fine with that. He was totally like, yeah, go have fun, you know, go follow Jesus. He stepped aside, willing to be insignificant um, so that Jesus could rise up and do the job he was put on earth to do. And that's a great example of what we need to do. We need to lift him up, but be willing to step aside and let God do the work. <clears throat> on page 77 she quotes john 3 27 through 30 but i just wanted to read verse 30 so it's john 3 30 it says he must increase but i must decrease and this that's why i called this month's theme more of you meaning more of him and less of us because that's what this book is about following god's will for our lives and not necessarily focusing on what culture wants for us. Um, we were praising a couple weeks ago at church and I just, I got more of you in my head and I just had to keep saying it over and over and over. And I was just worshiping him. There's just more of you, more of you, more of you and less of me, like more of you. And it just kept like resonating with me. And it was just so good. I was just like more of you, Jesus. I just, I just want more of you. Um, so then she goes into, you know, how do we get more of him and less of us? We need to be humble. That's where we step back from our pride and we become humble. Um, on page 82, she lists a few scriptures that I want to read. It's Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. First Peter 5.6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Um, and then on page 83, she says, accomplishments and accolades don't just pale in comparison, but at the foot of the cross, vanity vanishes. I love the picture of that because nothing I ever do will ever compare to the sacrifice Jesus offered on that cross. There, there's nothing I can do to even come close to that. So it's, it's not about me. 
it has to be all about Jesus. I, I like that she says it. Anything that I do pales in comparison. You know, I think that's why Easter is such a big deal for those that believe because we remember what his sacrifice was for us. Um, they played the video at church, the passion of the Christ when he's being put up on the cross and oh, is heartbreaking. They played that on, on good Friday. I, I just sat there and cried and that was the, the boys were there. We had worship night. So they were sitting there with us. And I mean, Luca just gave yeah. me a hug and just the whole time it was, I'll remember it made me cry. It's very hard to watch, but I mean, that's reality. That's the closest yeah. we can imagine that it looked like. And it was real. Know that he did that for us is amazing. Um, on page 85, she says, God isn't limited in who he can reach by the size of your reach. So God isn't limited in who he can reach by the size of our reach. This might be a little harsh, but God doesn't need you. He doesn't. He can do it all on his own, but he chooses to use us. He wants to use us, but he doesn't need us. He created the entire universe. And for us to think that he's limited to how far we can go, he, he made the universe, guys. Like he put the planets where they are. He, he made them revolve around the sun. He created gravity. If he can do all that, he, conquered the world. he can certainly reach farther than I can. He, can. he can reach someone who is hurting without using me but he wants to use me. And I think that makes it so much better and so much more beautiful. Our pastor said one week, you know, don't be upset if God doesn't use you to answer the prayer you've been praying. And that kind of hit me. I was like, whoa, he, he was more like, will you be okay if God doesn't use you to fix the problem you're praying for? What if he uses someone else to do it? Are you still gonna be okay with that? Are you going to be happy that the prayer was answered? Are you going to be able to get out of your own way and be happy for that person? Even if you had nothing to do with the fixing, I was like, wow. Okay. I just, I had to think about that for a minute. Like would I, could I be truly happy if I really had nothing to do with it? So I think that kind of made me stop for a second and be like, okay, yeah, this is not about me. <laughs> he doesn't need me. Someone else might be in a better position or you know, better headspace or just be closer to the person, be able to reach them. Um, and it's kind of, this is a big word, but it's the dichotomy of being willing to be used, but not getting upset if he doesn't use us, mm. you know, putting it yourself out there to be used, but understanding that he doesn't need to use you. And that has to be okay. Going back to one of the scriptures she put in here, 1 Peter 5, 6 says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor at the right time, not in our time, but in God's time. That's a whole nother <laughs> chapter, right? All right, let's move on to chapter five, obedience over success. So Summer um, wrote this chapter. And she defines success on page 91 as obedience to your heavenly father's plan for your life. Nothing more, nothing less. 
then she offers us two warnings. The first is on page 91. It says a false picture of success. And then we talk about comparison. Um, comparison is the thief of joy. Um, that's what Theodore Roosevelt said. Um, so just understanding that, you know, someone that's doing the same thing as you, but that's been doing it a lot longer is obviously going to be better at it than you. I wasn't a great nurse when I first started nursing. I'm not a great cake decorator right now. And I'm standing next to someone who's been doing it for 10 plus years. And it's really hard to be like, oh man, I can't believe I didn't, you know, think of the same thing or design it the same way or whatever. But I had to be careful not to compare myself with her because she's got a ton of time spent doing this that I have not. Um, you know, God placed me there. I very much feel like this is, he, he laid the groundwork. He cleared a path for me, to take on this job and I have to stay obedient and where he's called me. I can't just get scared and be like, Nope, sorry, not for me and run away because she does it better than me. Um, I just had to keep going. So that's what I'm doing. Um, morning number two on page 93, she says designed versus denied. So she talks about a time in her life where they really felt they were in a great place. They had a nice home. The kids were in a good school. They both had great jobs. Um, and then God called their family to completely move out of town. Um, it was really hard for them to deal with. Their daughters were sophomores and seniors in the middle of their, in the middle of their year, you know, they had to pull them out of school and they're like, you know, they, she talks about mom guilt, like, is this move going to upset or hurt my kids? But ultimately the lesson they had to teach their kids is that being obedient to where God was clearly calling them was the more important thing. So by the world standards, they were very successful. They had successful jobs, a nice house. Kids were happy in their schools, had friends, but God was like, I need you somewhere else. And by showing their kids what obedience looks like, that's setting them up for much more success than showing them what working hard at a job or having a nice house is going to look like. It gave them, you know, a very clear image of God comes first. On page 97, she says, it's his job to know and my job to obey. When God and I are working together rightly, that's how success is experienced. When we're obedient, God can use us to our full potential. And this is hard for me because his job is to know. I don't need to know everything. And that's a big thing that I, I, I would like to say I used to struggle with. Still creeps up, of course. But when we work together, I, I can be used for so much more than if I try to do things on my own. On page 101, she says, please remember that God is not after your performance. He's after your heart. That's the thing about the kingdom is that it's upside down. You don't have to earn your place. He's already offered it to us. He's not after your performance. He's already offered you a place at the head table with him in heaven. It's when you accept that that you can begin to want to serve him and do what he asks of you. So accepting his love and acceptance and then wanting to serve him. It's backwards because normally you serve 
your boss at work or whatever and do everything you can to do your job well and then you get rewarded with a raise but this is backwards you don't have to earn that raise you accept what god's offering you and then you get rewarded from your obedience and that makes you want to serve him it's the master we want to serve we don't have to he doesn't require that of us we have free will but it's the master you want to serve which makes it so much better when you go in with a happy heart and want to do things for for god success is giving getting to heaven by knowing jesus and being obedient success is getting to judgment day and god saying well done good and faithful servant that's what we all want to hear right you did a good job of loving me and loving the people around you and you've been faithful that's what i want to hear all right chapter six you over me michelle wrote this chapter and she talks about barnabas in this chapter and he was the first one to accept paul after he became a christian I, I don't even, she talks about that in here. Like Barnabas is not well known by a large portion of the Christian community. I, I, I would think that a lot more people know who Paul and, um, I don't know why I'm blanking right now. Joseph. Anyway. Um, what's that? Silas. No, I think Mark is the one I'm thinking of because he wrote one of the gospels. She talks about it in this chapter and I just have a little moment. But, you know, people know Mark is one of the books of the Bible. People know that Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament. Those names are well known, but Joseph or Barnabas, he's not as well known because he chose to lift up these new disciples and then stepped out of the way and let them rise up. So I think that story is probably even more exciting. I mean, Paul's story and all the things he did are pretty crazy exciting. But for Barnabas to just step up for Paul and say, hey, he's not a bad guy anymore. He's good. You guys need to accept him as one of us. Um, but then I can also understand the disciples' hesitation because, I mean, he used to kill Christians and now the Christians are all here and they're like, okay, now you're one of us. Like this doesn't make any sense in our human minds. Right. Um, used to terrorize us. Now you want to be a part of us. Okay. Take, I'm sure it would take a few minutes to wrap our heads around that. But then Barnabas stood up for him and was like, Hey, he's a good guy. He's, he's one of us. Now God saved him. Um, on page 110, she says, God can use your belief as a catalyst for courage among his children, because lest we forget every person is an image bearer of God and fearfully and wonderfully made. At the bottom of the page, you can see her um, notes there from what verses she took those references from the image bearer of God and fearfully and wonderfully made. It's important to remember that God has a plan and a purpose for us, right? Jeremiah 29 11 tells us that, but we also need to remember he has a plan and a purpose for every other human we encounter too. I think we focus that verse on ourselves a lot, but when you're around someone that's maybe not very nice or not very fun to be around, that's something to keep in mind as well. Like they were fearfully and wonderfully made too. 
just like we were. They are image bearers of God, just like we are. I like the questions that she asks on page 114, that little box there. It says, loving God and loving the work asks, how will I do this? Loving God and loving others asks, who will come with me and how will we do this? I like, you know, welcoming other people into what you're doing. It's about being focused, people focused rather than task focused. And we've talked about that at church sometimes. Like we can get very into like, okay, I got to make the coffee. I got to clean up the kitchen. I got to change the trash. I got to da, 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 da. But then you just like walk past all the new people that just walked in that have never met you before and are looking confused. Like, where do I go? You just walked right past them so you could go change the trash. Like that's very important. The trash get changed. (laughs) But also, you know, the people that you could have connections with that's more important. So just prioritizing, I guess, people over tasks. Um, she mentioned, she mentions wanting to, you know, look back at our work and remembering the people we worked with rather than the things that we did. Like, I don't necessarily want to remember that I changed the trash every Sunday, but I want to remember the conversations I had with people and the way those relationships were built and, you know, what we talked about and how I followed up with that through the week. Um, you know, that's, that's the things that I want to remember, which means I have to put in the work and bring people along with me and what I'm doing and not just make the coffee, but have a conversation with the person that's making coffee with me. You know, one, one of the ladies on our coffee team, her name is Julia. You know, I love to just be able to talk to her when we have time and get to know her and, you know, learn things that are going on in her life and everybody on our team. You know, I enjoy that time that we get to talk to each other when we're serving together. On page 116, she says, it is the world that tries to convince us to finish ahead of others. God only requires that we finish well. I really love that. We don't need to finish first, which is something I have to tell my kids all the time. because There's always a race anywhere they go, anything they're doing. I have to get done first. Um, unless it's brushing their teeth or changing clothes or, you know, oh, Hudson can go first. No, no, Luca, you go first. But anyway, it's usually a race to get wherever they're going. Um, but we don't need to finish first. We don't need to finish publicly or be the highest on a leaderboard. We need to obey our father and go where he leads. And that might be that he's leading us to be like Barnabas and lift somebody else up and then encourage them to keep going. But we stay back where nobody really knows our name. No one really knows the things that we did. And that's okay. Being behind the scenes, um, the pastors talked about before, you know, all of your internal organs, you don't see them, but they're vital to keeping you alive. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what the behind the scenes workers are. They are absolutely 100% vital to the operation of church. If someone doesn't clean the toilets and change the toilet paper (laughs) and clean the sink, it's going to be a hot mess and no one's going to want to come to church and no one's going to be able to listen to the pastor's message. So we need those people behind the scenes doing the work on Saturday afternoons to make the building look nice, to bring people in, to let them hear the word of God. You know, that's being Barnabas. We all need to be a little more like Barnabas, right? Do things behind the scenes that no one even knows you did. Um, On page 118, She says, your purpose in investing in someone may be to send them 
not to keep them. So this made me think of something our pastor says is that it's not, our, our church is not measured by its seating capacity, but by its sending capacity. That's like something he has always said about our church. Every time we send somebody off, excuse me, um, to go do God's work somewhere else, it's not about, we don't need a seat filled. We need people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then if that takes them somewhere else, that's okay. We need to encourage them and lift them up. You know, the world needs us to train disciples and then God gets to decide where they serve. That doesn't mean they're going to stay in our church. That doesn't mean they're going to help us out on all of our teams that we need help with. They, they might go to another country. They might go down the street to another church that God wants to use them in more. Right now we have a missionary that's in Jordan. His name is Cameron. Um, and then another sweet friend of ours, Tabitha, is being deployed tomorrow. So I definitely want to lift them up in prayer um, at the end. But she's going, um, Tabitha's going to the Middle East to be deployed for six months. Um, so I just want to pray over both of them because they've definitely, I, I think God's going to use them in big ways. Cameron's been over in Jordan for a year already. Over a year. Um, yeah, yeah, I think Christmas time was a year. Mm-hmm. So I think God's using him to do big things over there. And I think he's going to use Tabitha as well. She's nervous. First time she's ever been deployed, but I know that she's going to be amazing and she's going to work in people's lives over there. She got to meet the guys that she's going with and she said they're mm-hmm. wonderful. She said she's, she's excited now. Good. Yeah. She was really upset when she first heard because yeah. she, she just kind of, I guess she doesn't have a lot of family and she just got plugged into our church. And, you know, there's so many people that are loving on her and caring about her. She's like, man, now I'm just getting yanked out for six months. I said, it's going to be okay. You still have us all. We're still going to be praying for you. We're still going to be reaching out to check on you. Like we love you. You know, that we're all here. We can still be that anchor for her just from very, very far away. And that's okay. On page 121, she says, putting others needs and interests before your own will not leave you last in line. We don't have to worry about being last in line because we just have to finish well. Obedience always leads to blessings. Every time that I have been obedient to God's call in my life, he has just poured blessings out onto me and my family. Like right now I'm being obedient and faithful to take this job that I wasn't looking for, didn't know I needed, but apparently I do. So now I'm working at a bakery and it just kind of fell in my lap. And I know that that's where God wants me. And I'm going to be obedient to that and see where it takes me because I, I don't know. I have ideas, but I don't know what his plan is, which is the hardest part, but I'm, I'm actually okay with it, which is weird for me. I'm not usually okay with not knowing. So, um, I do want to share an announcement on the live video just so everybody knows. Um, I will be taking a break this summer from book club, the live videos. Um, like I said, I just started a second job and kids are home from school and we just need to get a solid grasp on our life. And then we'll reevaluate at the end of summer to see if I'm able to come back on and do the weekly lives. Um, but I do want to encourage you to keep reading. I'm going to keep finding books to read. I'll share those with you. Um, keep growing in your walk with God. This is not by any means permission to stop what the work you've started. If you've been in book club and listening and you've grown closer to God, because I know I have since we started this, 
Um, this is by no means you're, you're out to stop moving toward God. Um, but please, you know, share in the group what you're reading, what you think of it, what God's doing in your life, how God's moving. Like, I still want to keep in touch with you guys and find out what's going on in your life. Like share links to stuff you find that is cool. Or if you're involved in something and want to share, please feel free. Cause we all need to continue to have resources to help us, um, and to grow together in our walks with God. I don't want to lose the sisterhood during the summer. So, all right. Um, as far as prayer requests, I'm going to pray for Cameron and Tabitha. Me too. Anybody else? Me too. Anything else? Well, I know. She was just agreeing with me. Okay, I didn't know whether she needed you to pray for her. No. So tomorrow I have a second interview with a stay-at-home company where I would be doing customer service on the phone. So pray about that, that, you know, just be God's will. It'd be nice to get that. Well, yeah, that's exciting. Anybody else? And an unspoken. Well, I'm thankful for the additional faces here tonight. I'm excited to see our, uh, well, Erica's right there on my screen and then you're right here. So <laughs> I'm like sandwiched in between you. I love it. But she sees me every day. So yeah, I mean, you're whatever. the star, Erica. So, <laughs> yeah, but you're not usually here for live. Not so. usually in bed. Yeah, true. And if I get that other job, I could be here every, every Tuesday. Yeah. Awesome. A couple of unspoken for me too, please. Okay. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this group. Thank you so much for the conversations we've been able to have and just our growth closer to you, God. I just pray for everyone that's here on live and anyone who's listening or watching, God. I just pray peace and love over them, God. We just lift up Cameron as he's in another country serving you, God. I just pray for his safety and also that he can spread your word and make such an incredible difference in people's lives. Lord, I want to lift up Tabitha as she leaves tomorrow on deployment. God, I know that she's scared, but I know that you're going to use her. And I know that you're just going to do amazing things in her life and she's going to grow so much. God, I just pray that, um, just use her and just give her peace about going over to the middle East. Lord, I pray for mom's second interview. God, if this is going to be the job that you have for her, Lord, I just pray that the interview will go well and that it'll work out to your glory. Lord, I pray over all the unspoken requests. Lord, you know what's going on. You know what's on people's hearts and what they need, God. And I just pray that you will pour peace over them as well and help them to be strong for you. Lord, I pray, just thank you for the freedom to come together as a group and to talk about you, God. I thank you for Michelle and Summer for writing this book and all the amazing information that they've provided to us so that we can grow in our walks with you. Lord, I thank you for book club. I'm so thankful for this sisterhood. God, it's been so amazing for me to grow closer to you during this time, God. And I just, I love you so much. And thank you for this opportunity, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, Lord. We just love you so much. 
It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Well, next week we're going to do chapter seven through nine of She Works His Way. Um, you got them read already, Nella? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> no? I'm about along, but uh, now all of them. are. I'm a busy. I'm a busy. I'm a doing gardening and I'm a oh, doing good. a lot of stuff. Awesome. Good. Yeah, yeah. Nella's at her daughter's house now. So, yeah, I'm in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is my grandson. He's in uh, DC. Okay. She's oh, not yeah? far from there. Oh, it's, not, it's like 45 minutes. Um, or three well, hours, yeah. depending on what time of day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The traffic yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I hope you have a good week. Okay. Love seeing you all. Oh, Susan. I want to know how is Susan, Elika? How is Susan doing? Uh, so is she okay? Mm, so my dad is in hospice care now. He's got a maybe a couple weeks left. So she's oh. yeah, she's dealing with that. Yeah, and so uh, this weekend, one day this weekend, we're gonna go there and and see him. But so it's been a little bit rough on her, but she's yeah. getting through it. She's getting through it. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit playing full out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, thank you so we much. Love yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> love you guys. I hope you have a good, good week. Night. Good, good night, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the BCS podcast. If you would like to chat with us, please join our community on Facebook, Book Club Sisterhood. And you can find us on Instagram as Book Club Sisterhood as well. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week. Let's grow.